Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we continue learning Hovot Halevavot, Duties of the Heart by Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakuda. And we're in the gate of Teshuvah, of repentance, Shar HaTeshuvah, we're in chapter 5. And today we're going to learn about the conditions of asking forgiveness, which are five, and the conditions of undertaking not to repeat the offense, which are also five conditions. So here he says that the conditions of asking forgiveness are, are, are five in number. Uh, to come to Hashem and do Teshuvah is not just like, like that. You have to have conditions to come and ask for forgiveness. And he says here that the first condition is that the penitent should confess his sins. This is the first thing that a pers person has to do. He has to acknowledge that he has done something bad. If we don't acknowledge uh, our wrongdoings, how can we correct them? If you don't know where you're coming from, how do you know where you're going? So the second one is he should always remember them and set them before him, facing him, as it says in Tehillim, in Tehillim 51, it says, for I am aware of my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. This was King, King David. Imagine such a saintly man and he always had whatever he did wrong in front of his eyes. He never forgot about it. He always carried it with him. And so we should always remember when we messed up, we, we should, it's not like today, in today's culture, we're in cancel culture, cancel, cancel, anything you don't like it, you cancel it. They're trying to get rid of, our, of the history of a country, they're trying to get rid of the statues, anything that reminds them of the past. And this is exactly the contrary of what Rabbi Pakura is saying. It's like, you, you don't forget what you did. It's not that you have to be hitting yourself every day for the wrongdoings of your life, but they're important because this is what keeps you going forward. If you forget what you did in the past, how can you move forward? You, you're, you're most likely going to repeat your, your, your failings. So he says here, uh, number three, he should fast by day and pray by night. So Rabbi Pakuda wrote this book around a thousand years ago. And in those times when people were doing Teshuvah, it was very common practice that people would fast. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and today the rabbis are against this practice. They prefer that a person give tzedakah instead of fasting because people today need the strength of the body to be able to withhold this world. So um, it's not good for us to be fasting and fasting and fasting. That makes the body very frail. So today the rabbis, uh, they say, they, 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 they tell people like, if you need to do teshuvah, it's better that you give tzedakah, that you give a good amount of money to tzedakah. And, but then he says, pray at night. So prayer is always part of teshuvah. Uh, he says here, when his mind is free and he's not preoccupied with worldly pursuits, as it says, arise, cry out in the night. Because at night is when a person is already home, he already worked during the day, so he has more leisure time, he could be thinking about things he shouldn't be do thinking about. So it's a proper time for a person to make an accounting of the day, of whatever has happened to him and at that moment to pray to Hashem that he should help him in, in correcting his ways. As it says in Eicha, arise, cry out in the night 
And later he says, Rabbi Pakuda, I will explain with God's help the virtue of prayer at night. So in a different chapter, he's going to talk about the virtue of prayer. And then the fourth one, the fourth condition, uh, before asking for forgiveness, he says he should plead with God and entreat him continually to pardon his sins. Like we should always say, Hashem, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry I did this. Like this week, someone called me because someone came to them with a Lashonara, and they didn't know what to do with this news. They didn't know if they should tell the person what they heard about them. And, and I, I fell on one of these ones in my lifetime where someone came to talk to me about someone, someone they, something they had heard about this person. And this person was very, is very close to me. And at that moment, I went and I told this person what they were saying about, about her. And it was not the right decision. It was not right. I, I created a lot of suffering on this person, which was really unnecessary. It wasn't really the right approach. And at that moment, it reminded me of the past. And I told this person, like, don't say anything. Keep quiet. It's not your business. Don't say anything. It's not going to bring anything good to this person. It's on the other hand, it's going to crush them. And so this is what he's saying here is like, we should continuously be pleading at that moment. My heart broke into a hundred pieces again. And I again looked up into the sky and I said, Hashem, please forgive me for this that I did. I really, I feel bad. I did this. I, I, I never came to be at peace with it. And, uh, but at this moment, Hashem gave me a second chance to be able to give someone the right advice. So this is what it says. And so he should plead with God and entreat him continuously to pardon his sins, forgive him and accept his repentance. As it says, I acknowledge my sin to you and did not conceal my offense. I said, I will admit my transgressions to God. Let every devoted one pray to you as soon as he is able. This is also from Tehillim chapter 32. And so the fifth one, the fifth condition in asking forgiveness is that he should strive and endeavor to discourage others from transgressing as he did. So I just told you this story of what happened to me. So if you are in a situation that is similar, then I'm discouraging you to go and do the same uh, boo-boo I did many years ago. So when a person has failed, has done things that were not right things to do, he can take this as teaching moments towards other people and teach them the right uh, behavior, the right way of acting in certain situations and tell them, you know, I've been there, done that. I already came. I already did it. So I can tell you, don't do that. It's not the right way to go. So it says here that we should discourage others from transgressing as we did, and we should warn them of, of its consequences and encourage them to turn away from it. As it is written, he who knows that he has sinned should repent. God will then relent and turn away from his anger and he will not perish. And this is in Yonah. And then in Tehillim 51, it says, I will teach transgressors your ways. So I've seen many rabbis that they have become balshuvas. They have returned. And now there are these amazing people that go all over the world in uh, uh, creating awareness and uh, and teaching other people about Judaism and Torah. And they tell their stories. They tell where they were, how they behaved, how, where they were, where I come from, where I'm going. And this really is amazing because when a person teaches people and he's a perfect person, 
it's very hard to relate to a person like that. Like, okay, you're, you're a tzaddik. Like, how can I ever become like you? It's impossible. But when people are surrounded by people like them that have been able to overcome, they have been able to do teshuvah, they have been able to turn their life around, they have been able to correct their misdeeds, then the person could look at that person and say, you know what, I can relate to you. If you could do it, I can do it too. And this is the power of a balshuva. And that's why it says where a balshuva stands, a tzaddik cannot stand. Because forget it, we can never relate to a tzaddik. They're wow, like wow. But to another person like you, of, of, that is like you, with all the animalistic instincts and everything that is, uh, that is uh, empowering them and they're able to overcome all this, then you can say, okay, if that person was able to do it, then I can do it too. And then Rabbi Pakuda calls to give us the conditions of undertaking not to repeat the offense again. So it's not only enough to say, I'm sorry, you have to be sorry and you have to turn away from evil and do good and never do it again. And so today he says the penitent should wake gratification that is immediate, but fleeting and marred against gratification that is delayed but enduring, abiding and pure, untouched by melancholy and not mingled. So yes, everything in life has a price. Everything in life has a price. Nothing is free. Everything has a price. You have to see uh, what you're willing to pay. Are you willing to pay for this? You have to look at your priorities, see what is important for you and what's not, and then you can see where you are sitting. I remember many years ago of a story of uh, Rabbi Mansur in which a person was desperate because his neighbor would come every day and read his newspaper in his porch. So by the time he got to his newspaper, the newspaper was folded, but it wasn't like when it comes from the print that is perfectly folded. And he was like upset, like why would they bring me the, the newspaper like this? He was upset, like I like my newspaper perfectly folded. And so one day he said, no, someone has to be reading this newspaper. And so he woke up early and he looked through the window and actually his neighbor came early in the morning with his coffee in the hand and he sat in his porch and he read his newspaper every morning and so one day he was really he was fuming and he went to his rabbi thank god he had a good rabbi rabbi mansoor and he said I, I really don't know what to do with this neighbor i'm very upset he what the chutzpah that he comes to my house every morning and reads my newspaper he doesn't even ask me if, if, if it's okay with me, I'm, I'm offended. So Rabbi Mansur looked at him and says, you know what? Machlokets are very bad. To be fighting with people is not good. You have to be away from fights. Uh, he's your neighbor. You don't want to have a fight with your neighbor. It's not good to be fighting with your neighbors. And you know what? Shalom bite. You have to buy shalom. You buy it. You buy shalom. It's, it has a price. It's not free, get him a newspaper subscription as a gift and you'll see that he'll never bother you ever again. So the man was very upset and he says, oh, on top of it, I have to spend $120 and give him a subscription on top of it. And so the rabbi says, what other option you have? Wait, weigh it, weigh it. If you get into a fight with him, you're never going to talk to this neighbor again and you're going to, every time you come out of your house and he's there, you're going to feel bad and he's going to feel bad. But if you spend $120, it's a cheap way 
to be at peace. It's nothing, $120 to come out of your house and feel good about yourself. Isn't it worth it? So this is what Rabbi Pakuda is saying here. He's saying that we have to weigh, weigh the cause and the consequence, make sure that it's, it's worthy. It's worth it. And so he says here that, that, um, that uh, the, 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 the gratification that is delayed is enduring. So yeah, he paid $120, okay, maybe it's not, he solved the complete problem, but it's a delayed gratification, it's enduring. He's never gonna have a fight with this guy. So it says here that the, that the, the delayed gratification is enduring, abiding and pure, untouched by melancholy and it's not mingled with grief and he should also weigh pain that is immediate but fleeting and imper impermanent against pain that is delayed but constant and unrelenting as it is written of true happiness. You will see and your heart will be glad. This is in Yeshayahu, but of pain it says, this is what it says of pain, they will come out and look at the corpses of the people who sinned against me for their worm will not die and their fire will not be extinguished. For behold, the day is coming burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be straw, and the day that is coming will set them ablaze. But the sunrise will bring salvation to you who fear my name with healing in its wings. This is Malahi. So this is very harsh. It sounds horrible. But what basically he's saying is that sometimes when we step back and we're humbled and we don't become proud people, pride and arrogant, and we prefer to have peace over I'm right, you know, I'm right, then the gratification will come and it will be enduring. But when people feel proud and haughty and arrogant, okay, maybe they have instant gratification at the moment, maybe for at that minute they won the battle and they feel good about themselves, but eventually it's gonna be tired. They're, they're not gonna feel good about it. So the second one, he says, one should meditate on the advent of the day of his death and this is harsh also, and I think this is something that we've had in front of us for the last year and a half, that we're all like realizing that we die one day, that we're not gonna be here forever, like we had this pandemic, and I imagine most of you know someone who passed away, or many who passed away, and so you realize like, okay, life is fleeting, I'm not gonna be here forever, one day I'm gonna be gone. And to, to live with this reality in front of our eyes, helps us live in a right way because you realize like life is not forever life is is only um uh how we say in, in spanish a suspiro a sigh and it goes like this so we might as well do things right in the moment because at the end of the day the only thing you take with you is is the the good things you did in this life this is what goes with you the rest is not is not gonna go and so it says here that one should meditate on the advent of the day of his death with the creators ang angry at him for his inadequacy in the fulfillment of his duties, as it says, but who can endure the day of his coming? When he reflects on this, he's bound to fear his punishment and will resolve never to repeat what is aroused, the anger of his master against him. And I remember once I heard Rebetzin Esther Jungreis, she said that when a person leaves this world, like the worst thing for the soul is that they put a movie of their life and, um, 
and they feel they feel horrible of the things they did that were not right because imagine now he's a soul so he can see that what he did was not a good thing and he feels shame and then they show him a movie of a person and it's him but he doesn't realize it's him and it's this incredible human being that this this all these incredible things in his life and at the end they tell him this is this was the potential you had in your lifetime this is what you could have become and that's there's no more pain for an neshama greater than the feeling of a lost opportunity to see that he could have become the best of the best and he threw it away so the third one says one should consider the days he turned away from god and this disregard and disregarded his service Despite the steady favors that God bestowed upon him through that period, as it says, for long ago, I, God, broke your yoke and burst your bands. And you, Israel, said um, in this verse, I, Israel, will not assume your service nor enter into your covenant, as though it had said to enter into the covenant of Hashem, your God. So what it's saying is that we are... Uh, we're people that are a little stubborn. Jewish people are stubborn people, really. Uh, this stubbornness is not a bad quality. It's a good quality when we use it for our Jewish pride and we don't bend on the world because we're Jews and we don't let others take advantage of us. But also this stubbornness sometimes takes away uh, our service towards Hashem because we become stubborn uh, and, and we don't want to given to God. We don't want to become this nullified entity that does Hashem's will. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, you have a neshama elokit, you have a godly neshama. So when you're doing God's will, you're really doing your will because you're one and the same with God. You're not, you're not giving up yourself when you're doing Hashem's will. You're really being yourself. When you're going against Hashem's will, you're not being yourself. You're being an instinctive, uh, animalistic entity in this world. So the only way that you can be you is when you do Hashem's will. So he says here, don't disregard his service. And then the fourth one, it says, one should return what is stolen, avoid transgressions and shrink from harming anyone. As it is written, the wicked man returned the security and paid for what he stole. This is in Yehezkiel. And if there is guilt in your hand, Remove it, let no injustice reside in your tents, then you will lift up your face without blemish. This is Eov. So what it's saying is as hard as it can be, if you ever took something from someone and you never returned it, I'm not, I'm not saying you stole it, but sometimes people lend you a book, lend you uh, something, and you forget to return it. Even if 10 years have gone by, return it. Like, it's never too late. Don't keep things that are not yours. Be, be, go and return whatever, whatever someone lent you. Um, don't transgress more than it's needed. Like, whatever you have in your house that doesn't belong to you, take it to the person that it belongs to. And so, in that way, it, you are free of, of being, um, of being, punished as a, as a, as a, a thief. So then one should meditate on the majesty of the creator, may he be exalted, whose worth he defied by throwing off the bonds of his service and the restrictions of his Torah. He should reprove and shame himself for this, as it says, it is 
it it's this how you repay God will you not fear me says God this is in Yermiyahu so this what he's saying is that we should never forget the goodness that Hashem has given us we should not be ungrateful people the most beautiful quality a person can have is gratitude when you're a grateful person and you see where your brahas, where your blessings come from and you acknowledge that Hashem is the ultimate goodness in your life, then this is a, the biggest step of all. And uh, as it says here, will you not fear me, says God. Like, remember where everything comes from. Don't forget that Hashem is the provider of everything. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you. Thank you.